is wholesaling real estate, which I love so much? Can you explain to them? Well, wholesaling real estate is when you find a property that's off market, meaning not on the MLS, not listed with an agent. And uh, you find a property, you get it under under contract uh, at, a, at a price, at a discounted price. And uh, then you sell that contract to a rehabber or someone looking to uh, rent out the pro- buy buy the house to rent it out. Uh, like a rehabber is, I don't know if any of you, I mean, everybody's seen the HGTV stuff like that. Th- those are who, those are the type of people we sell our properties. Welcome to the Brand Dome Zone, where we talk about everything marketing, everything sales, scaling your business with your host, Brandon C, digital marketing expert. Yeah, let's get into it. Woo! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everybody to the Brand Dome Zone. Here for all your marketing, branding, selling, and investment information. Today I have a special guest. It's my favorite subject. I mean, it's so many wealth building opportunities in real estate. So today I have Mr. Jim Adams, the fourth. How's it going, Mr. Jim? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How about you, Brandon? Uh, I'm doing fabulous, man. I'm blessed. Uh, both feet on the ground. Woke up in my right mind. Right. God is good. God is I know good. That's right. Yes, yeah. sir. So first of all, I just want to hear about your journey. What got you into real estate investing? You know, uh, I, I kind of I was born into real estate investment. Uh, uh, my I'm third generation. So my my great aunt and uncle, they, uh, they, they probably had... 60, 60 plus free and clear houses. I mean, they have 60 plus free and clear houses right now in Tupelo, Mississippi. And my parents, they did uh, rehabs. They, they flipped a lot of, a lot of houses. I mean, north, north of 300 houses while I was growing up. And I mean, so I've just seen, I've just been around real estate, seen it. My, my parent, my dad had a uh, portfolio of rental property. So yeah, I mean, I used to cut yards there and, I used to do a lot of bird dogging and uh, repair estimates. It, it was, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've been in it. I've been in real estate. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when did you branch off on your own and decide to get do, do your first deal? Okay. So, like, yeah, my, I mean, my first deal on my own was with my twin sister. And uh, this when when we moved up to Nashville. Uh, originally, I'm, I'm, a, I'm from Mississippi originally, Madison, Mississippi. And... Uh, I mean, I'd say when I started going on my own was 2012 here in Nashville. We went to one of those Than uh, Merrill uh, weekend seminars, and I think I think the coaching program was like 30 grand. I didn't have 30 grand to to get a coach, you know. So we just ended up kind of doing it guerrilla style and just got to marketing, bandit signs, things like that. Awesome. But, awesome. And, and for, for our audience, um, I know they probably haven't really heard of, maybe they heard of real estate investing. Maybe they haven't heard of real estate investing. Uh, I know in our culture, when we think about housing and uh, buying houses, selling houses, we think about real estate agents. Shout out to all my real estate agents watching. I'm not here to bash y'all. I <laughs> just want to let y'all know there's a different side of the fence, which is real estate investing. So right, for, the, right. for those listeners that don't really understand or can distinguish the two with real estate investing and real estate 
agents. What is the difference in the two? If that's maybe a broad question, I don't know if we well, can. Well, I mean, uh, real estate agents are they? They I mean they they, have, they get a license. They have a license, so they have to study and, and go through courses and uh, take a test, and they get they get certified as a as a realtor. Um, investors, I mean, you don't you don't need any certifications to invest. You re- really need uh, just money or knowledge, you know. Uh, yeah, and some and some some action taken. So what 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 do we need real estate agents for? Like, if you if you well, okay. So well, let me listen, listen. I'm not a real estate agent, but like I I I have plenty of real estate agents that have brought me deals. Like I'd say if you're if you're looking to sell your house, like for a I mean, if your house is in good condition and it doesn't need much work and you're trying to get top dollar, uh, real estate agent is going to be your person to go to. Uh, they also they also are the professionals. I mean, they 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 do. They are the they are experts as well. You know, I mean, all investors aren't experts. You really just need, like I said, some money and some time to be in to, 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 and knowledge to jump into investing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, your, your real estate agent is going to be your, your real estate professional that will help you along your either buying process or selling process. And when okay. you want to get into investing, like, or if, if, if a seller is to look for an investor, I mean, they're probably looking to sell their property uh, quicker, uh, a more a quiet sale, not a quiet sale, but not just not publicly, not a sign in the yard. Uh, they just want to get it done fast and just kind of wipe their hands clean with it. Got you. Got you. So say you, own a piece of property, you live in it, it's time to sell it. Um, is there possibilities to sell it yourself without having an agent? Do you need an agent to make that transaction? No, you don't need you don't need an agent to sell your house. No. Okay. And that's what I wanted the listeners to hear from a veteran such as Jim, because uh we, we me and my wife ran into this situation. We have a town a townhome that we're wanting to sell. And she's like, oh, I need to call the agent. And I'm like, no, baby, we don't need to do that. I have a piece of paper. I know how to uh, put how much we want to sell it for, the stipulations, and then just take it to a title company. And then we'll sell our property, save us a good three, four grand from buying an agent. Because in my opinion, you know, I I just believe an agent will, you know, like you said, professionals, they'll show the house off. They'll be there to uh, show off the property. they they do other marketing things, put on the MLS and things like that, which is uh like you said, the listing where you can go on. Don't get don't let don't let me be lying to the people. It it no, goes I'll, on, I'll correct you, but I'll correct okay, you, okay. It goes on uh like realtor.com. Uh what's another one? So so if you're using an agent, they're they're probably um, more than likely going to list it on the MLS, which is the multiple listing service. And that just gets you, I mean, it's nationwide coverage. So, I mean, like, it just gets it in front of more people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. And they'll also put it on realtor.com and Zillow. I think it also, I think it might auto populate into some of these other websites, but mm-hmm. the main, the main one here in uh, Tennessee is the MLS. Mm-hmm. And in my situation, I had a buyer already, the tenant in there wanted to buy the property. So I'm like, why am I going to get an agent? to sell the house to somebody I already know that wants to buy it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but people don't know that. Like people will go get an agent thinking you need an agent 
to uh, mediate that transaction, which you don't. You just need a contract. And we're going to get in the contract. Typically, I wouldn't. Typically, I wouldn't be the person to be like, "Here, go get an agent." Just, I'd be like, "Sell me the house." But yeah. if like you don't, if you don't have contact to me, or if you don't know like a an investor yourself, uh, your your agent will help you read those contracts. So, I mean, there's there's certain things that they. I mean, they, you do have to get licensed and certified, and they have policies and regulations to keep the the homeowner safe when they are selling their property so i don't want to i mean I, <laughs> this is this isn't my normal this isn't my normal pitch yeah yeah i i, 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 I think you you called me about you called me about i think you told me about that townhouse and i'm just like well what do you want for it like let me <laughs> let me talk about the agents let's let's just see what we can make work exactly exactly so and i mean that's that's just the beauty of it i just want to open my audience's mind that there is a difference between real estate investing and regular uh, transactions with a real estate agent. So now that we have that, now we have the right mindset. Let's get into uh, wholesaling real estate. Let's yeah. talk about wholesale. What is wholesaling real estate, which I love so much? Can you explain to them? Well, wholesaling real estate is when you find a property that's off market, meaning not on the MLS, not listed with an agent, and uh, you find a property, you get it under under contract uh, at a at a price at a discounted price, and uh, then you sell that contract to a rehabber or someone looking to uh, rent out the pro- buy buy the house to rent it out. Uh, like a rehabber is, I don't know if any of you, I mean, everybody's seen the HGTV stuff like that. Th- those are who, those are the type of people we sell our properties to. They, they kind of fix them up, they fix them up and sell them. You know, I'm, I'm not really interested in that. I mean, I saw hundreds of houses being rehabbed growing up and it just never, that was never something I wanted to do myself. Mm-hmm. So wholesaling kind of gets you out of the fix and flip. You, you're basically finding that property now how do you go about finding these properties and where did you get the contract for the sellers to sign like how does that work well i mean we've got our contract now i'm not i'm not really sure where we got it from but it's i mean we use a really simple one-page contract and we've been using it for the last eight years so um i mean it's it's simple to the point but um I missed you. I missed the first question. Yeah, like, where do you find these sellers at? Like, oh, you, you, you can find, find them. You can find them all over the place. I mean, uh, you can find them on Craigslist. Craigslist is a is a free way to find them. Uh, one of the one of the ways that we uh, we do a lot of cold calling, and I know you mentioned you you've done some cold calling yourself. Cold calling is is time consuming, you know. Uh, so we do a lot of cold calling. We send out direct mail where we're like, I don't know if you've ever gotten a a letter on that house on, on your townhouse. Mm. Uh, we, I used to handwrite them when I first got started. I used to handwrite them myself. I'm talking about hands cramping family come in town. I'd recruit them to write letters with me. Mm. Like, like after dinner, let's just come on. I got the, I got the red ink and the, and the yellow paper. Let's, let's, let's get it popping. But uh, you've got that. We do voicemail drops. I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a few. I'm actually writing a book. Uh, an ebook on finding off market properties and I should be able to should be able, it should be by the end of the month release that by the end of the month so I'm, I'm most definitely gotta, I'm most definitely going to get that and yeah. uh so what do you look for with these properties like 
what makes a property stand out for you to send a letter to or make a call or um, how do you get properties? So, I mean, we, I mean, we've, we've in the past, we've, we've done driving for dollars. So like driving for dollars is, is just, it's a, it's another tactic to find off market property. You're looking for distressed properties, like overgrown grass, um, uh, the the house looks torn down. Sometimes if if it's like if it looks vacant, I'll kind of even walk up, and I don't suggest people do this. I just kind of I don't care anymore, so I, yeah. I'll just walk up and go see if the meter's on. If the meter is off, I'm I'm trying to get in touch with that 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 uh, owner ASAP. You know, a vacant property isn't making you any money, so that would be a, a reason or a motivation to sell. So like that's another thing. Like when you're when when you ask the question, where do I find the sellers? We're looking for motivated people, people that would be that would have a reason or circumstance that has happened or, um, yeah, that they're going through that they might be motivated to sell. Like, I mean, a a few of those reasons would be uh, a landlord evicted a tenant. If if a landlord's evicted a tenant, it's because the tenant wasn't the right tenant. So either either they're going to go ahead and they're going to turn the property over for a new tenant or they're just going to wipe their hands clean with it and sell it. Inherited property. You know, you've got people that just get passed down properties, your probates, uh, where you have heirs on it, where they don't, they don't have any, they don't want anything to do with the property. They just want, they want some money. I mean, why not put a little chunk of cash in their pocket? You know, uh, you've got, uh, I mean, there's some there, code yeah. violations, code violations. You, you see a bunch like, I mean, and you can get, you can get a lot of these, um, this information at the courthouse where it's like, matter of fact, I suggest if you're looking for off market properties to get very familiar with your courthouse system. Because and that's a big, big one. That's a money making yeah. gold mine for you all out there is go sure. to these courthouses, get the code violation list. I know I had to sign something and they just sent me over a list uh, here in Rutherford, but uh, even yeah. tax delinquent, tax delinquent list. There's so many things out there. I even heard of one uh, for for spouses that their significant other got went to jail. Like, yeah, no, there is <laughs> <laughs> there is the twenty uh, four hour twenty four hour rest. I forget what we call it, but twenty four hour like rest records. Um, I mean, if somebody got arrested, you kind of run their name, see if they've got any property they own, and see if they're still selling. I mean, you're really looking for any type of life situation where where it would make sense for someone to sell their property. Uh, and that's that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah. I know I put in the headline, you need zero dollars. So I want yeah, to I, I, <laughs> I saw it, man. I was like, ah. <laughs> you can I know listen, listen, you can you can make money you can make money wholesaling. You can find property without putting down a dime. It might and it might take you some time, you know, like mm-hmm. Craigslist. Craigslist is free. You know, all you got to do is just be on there, mm-hmm. be on there, know how to evaluate the property and, and make some offers. And you'll, you'll be able to snag something up. You can also go door knocking. I don't door knock that much. I'm six, five and I'm a big guy. You know, I, don't really, <laughs> I don't really just walk up on people's door anymore, but I mean, every once in a while I'll do it. Like uh, if, if there's a property on the same street that we've got a, a contract on, like I'll absolutely go knock on some doors and, and I'd, and that's another thing. Like, if you see a vacant property, you might want to just hang out a little bit and see if a neighbor walks out, and just try to get, try to see if they have any information to get that seller's information to you. If they know anything about the property, how long has it been vacant? 
Like, and, and I suggest doing that even when you do have a property under contract is talk to the neighbors because I mean, they, they know, they know what's going on. They're like, Oh yeah, that, that basement's flooded like eight times. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's crazy. But like, yeah, I mean, just that's, that's a free way to find property. In the long term, and long networking, term, networking, networking for sure. Like, let everybody know you're buying property. Let everybody know you're looking for a property. You're looking for a three bedroom, two bathroom house. You know, uh, like, and you're and you're a cash buyer, or you work with cash buyers. You know, like, but let people know because you can and, you can find them. And that that's how I found Jim. I uh, became a part of the real estate investors of Nashville, and I suggest anyone looking into wholesaling or want to learn more about real estate investing and all the many opportunities in that to join that, because there's a lot of people in there that's really doing it and really making moves uh, in the real estate investing arena. And so that is exactly how I found Jim. Uh, I found out we had the same CPA because uh, we was in the same network. (laughs) You're getting a network, you start, you know, things start becoming similar. So Absolutely. they say you are who you hang around. So, <laughs> right, right, um, right. So, um, also for the long term game, just to piggyback on what Jim said, uh, some things I've seen work for myself. Uh, like you said, Cra- uh, Craigslist, um, there's a app called Next Door. I just put We Buy Houses on there. And months later, I get calls from people talking about, you know, they had this property. I go look at it and all this other stuff. So oh, this, what's that program? Uh, the Next Door, Next Door app. It's kind of like Facebook Marketplace. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, it's it's, it's that low hanging fruit. It's that low hanging fruit. So yeah, man. It's just see, see, we can learn from each other, man. That's the power of networking. And um, there's also some things out there like bandit signs. You may see some signs out bandit there. Bandit signs. About we buy houses, you know, those, that's a, and maybe you can elaborate on that. I'm not too familiar with the laws in Tennessee. I see them out there, but I don't know. We're not supposed to do it here, but we do it. Like, I mean, well, I don't, I don't do bandit signs as much anymore unless it's like in a specific area. But when I first got started, I mean, we would put bandit signs out all over middle Tennessee, mm. all over. And like, it would be like my sister, my, I'd be riding shotgun she we'd be driving at at dusk, you know, like where it's still dark, and um, or which is which is which is sunset? Is it dusk? I think or, dusk. Dawn, 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 dawn. Okay, dusk. It's dusk. Anyway, it'd be right when it was getting dark. Go putting signs out in intersections all over the place, and get a call the next morning saying, "Yeah, get these down." Get these down <laughs> by the end of the day, and then we just move to another another area, and just like you know because. I mean, if, if we they say they would find us, but I never got a fine for it. They just got calls saying come take them down. Did you put your real number on there, or did you use something like call a, rail? I, so like that was back when that was back when like before call rail before I knew about call rail when we were using Google Voice, and I will never use Google Voice again because they shut me down. Like mm. when I was marketing a property, they just they just stopped, and I was like. Mm. I had put marketing out there to sell this property and it was a good deal. And I was like starting to get hit up and then all of a sudden it just stopped and I couldn't open up the app. Or anything. So I don't use Google voice. We do, but I have, uh, but back then we did use a Google voice number to put on the uh, bandit signs. 
All right, all right. And see, that, that's what I just want to make y'all aware of. Don't go out there putting your real number on the bandit signs. Uh, find you a number. Call Rail is a good source. Call Rail, uh, yeah, for sure. Yep, yep, yep. And I, and I mean, if you're gonna use, if you're gonna do bandit signs, like one of the tactics that a lot of people use is putting them up like Thursday night or Friday night, and picking them up Sunday, Sunday night, or something like that, so that you're not. I mean, people don't usually go out of their way to call to 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 work. Like the the city workers aren't gonna be like, yo, uh, I'm I'm not at work right now, but yeah. when I get back. <laughs> You need to have those signs down. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're going to put them up. But I think really the best use of bandit signs right now is to find buyers. Mm. Because, like, when we had our bandit signs out, majority of the calls we were getting were people saying, hey, I'm a cash buyer. Put me on your list. Mm. And I built, exactly. we, we built up a huge, huge buyers list. I mean, then we got 2,300. Maybe not twenty three. Maybe it's like seventeen. I got a lot of buyers. I got a lot of, I got a lot of buyers, and a majority of those came from bandit signs, just putting up. We have buy houses, and we got a few deals too that way. But majority of them was just, hey, call, hey, put me on your list. I need something like that. I'm looking for buyers. I'll tell you what it is. That's a big number. That's a big number. Now, for our listeners, we're going to explain to y'all a uh, buyer's list and what is a buyer. Why do you need a buyer in this transaction? Like, first, we found the seller. Uh, we've told you about different ways you can find motivated sellers. Um, so what does a buyer have to do in this process? They pay you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when it comes to, uh, I mean, so, so we, we found the property, you've got it locked up under contract. So now you're looking to sell the property to someone so that they can add value to it themselves. So you obviously want to leave enough room or enough meat on the bone for everybody to eat some. So you, you, you want to bring a discounted property to a rehabber who is going to uh, rehab the whole house. They're going to, they're going to make it look, they're going to turn it from uh, 1940 standard or whatever, when the, whenever the last update was on that property, they're going to bring it up to 2020 status. I always say 2020 HGT, HGTV status. So, cause that's essentially what they're doing. They got to make it look new so they can sell it, but you want to give them, you want to bring it to them at, at enough of a discount, to where they can put money into it and they can uh, sell it at, at retail value. So, I mean, when you're when you're looking for a buyer, you typically want to find somebody that can close with cash that isn't that isn't uh, contingent on a financing loan because you don't have the luxury of taking that chance. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and, and typically when they're getting financed, they take a little longer to close on. But you don't want somebody to tie up your contract for 21, 30, 45 days and uh, and then not get the financing because yeah, then you're yeah. you're screwed. So yeah, you're looking yeah. for a cash buyer. And I always say close quick. And then if I've got 30 days in the contract, I need them to close in 14 to 21 days. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I don't want them tying up my property for 21 days. Mm, yeah yeah so what let, let's rewind back to the seller um getting the property at a discounted price uh i know it, it, it may look like oh we're trying to undercut or under under buy these houses or do something unethical but you got to realize we're looking for houses that have problems we're trying to solve people's problems they can't get a real estate agent uh because their house is not 2020 status there's some uh delinquent taxes on it 
there's something wrong and we're there to offer cash to fix their problem. So what do you say to these sellers uh, in the process of uh, negotiating a price for their house? Well, I mean, I, I just try to see what they want to, what they want to walk away with. What do they want to put in their pocket? Um, you know, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to solve this problem for you, uh, what do you really need to, to, to walk away with? So it's like, if you, you owe a hundred thousand on this property, it's worth 180. Uh, how much do you really need to walk away with? You know, like mm-hmm. that, 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 and, and, just trying to get them to give you a price. I try to get, I try to get them to give me a price first at all, like all, at all costs. And if they're like, I don't know, you, you know, I don't know, I don't really know yet. I, I'll just kind of say something like, uh, well, if we can pay your closing costs, I mean, you don't have to pay us any commissions. Uh, going through a realtor, you would have to pay commissions and your closing costs most, most likely. But if we pay your closing costs and uh, you're not paying us any commission, what's the best you can do on price? You know, um, that's typically that's typically what it is with the negotiations. I mean, I've got I've got scripts that I that my guys used, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I answered that right. I don't know. If no, I you did, you did, and did I? you did. And I'm gonna branch off uh, on that as well. Uh, how do you do? You go in knowing already what you're uh, willing to offer, like do you yeah, know yeah, already knowing. Yeah, so so so. If I say there's there's a property at one two three Main Street, I, I get that lead. I look up I look up the after repair value. That's the ARV after repair value. That's what it will that's what it will sell for, or what similar properties are selling for. So if it's a three bedroom two bathroom house at one two three Main, you look for a three bedroom two bathroom house in a half a mile radius of the property you're looking at, and then you then you look for closed properties that are three bedroom two bathroom houses in that half mile radius within the last six months properties that have been bought people people are living there you know like and we that, those are that's my that's my radius and then we take the average of that of those numbers and that's your your sure after repair value and so that's top dollar that's the after yeah, so you repair, got, uh, that's, you, what, that's what it can sell for that's what yeah. hgtv that's what they're going to sell for on hgtv right yeah yeah that's what yeah. that's what they're going to sell for so at that point so i know that number so once I get to that number, I then I then uh, multiply it by seventy percent. Typically seventy percent. It just depends, you know. Like I mean, if it's a high rental area, I don't use the seventy percent rule. But if it's a rehab area and they are looking to just flip it and, and then just sell it at seventy percent uh, minus the repairs that it's going to take. So if I haven't seen the property and it's just like a world of phone conversation, I already know that if, if one two three if one two three main is is worth 200,000, 200, right? Mm-hmm. One, two, three, man, is 200,000. I do that times 70%. So I know the most I can pay, the most I can pay for that property is 140,000. That's your maximum allowable offer. That's the mm-hmm. most I can pay for it. And that's that's using the 70% rule. I mean, and, and that's, that's I guess that's the general rule of thumb. I mean, we've, we've, we've kind of, We've kind of we've kind of played with that number depending on the neighborhood, the estate, like like if it's an established neighborhood, what, what yeah, just really the location of it mainly. Mm. But yeah, so then so at one hundred forty thousand, that's where I'm at. So I so if I don't see the house, I just I usually just say hey, I'm at a hundred, I'm between one hundred and thirty, hundred and forty thousand minus the repairs it's going to take to get to HGTV status, right? 
So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being HDTV, one being falling through the floor, where would you put your house? And they tell me it's a, it's a seven, which means it's a five. Yeah. (laughs) So so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So then, I mean, and then there's like general rule of thumbs in like different areas that I've just seen from just rehabbers, like using $50, $60 a square foot to rehab a property. Um, And I'll kind of, I'll kind of use that. But a lot of times I just really want to get out there and take a look at it and try to assess the repairs just through a walkthrough of what, like if the roof is going to need to be fixed and whatnot. And then I can, I can make that offer at, Whatever that whatever that repair estimate will be, so it's like one hundred forty thousand minus thirty thousand. So that means the most I can pay for this property is one hundred ten. Well, one hundred ten. Then I need to put my fee in there, and I try to make ten on on all of them. At least at least ten. Uh, That's ten grand, people. It's money in this. (laughs) It's ten grand. Yeah, (laughs) uh, it's a hundred thousand. So that that would be my offer, hundred thousand. So I'd probably be like, I mean, we could probably we could probably make ninety to a hundred thousand work on it. And then, you know, kind of give it some room for them to be like, eh, 90 is not going to work. I'm like, well, let's, let's go 93.5 or something, you know, like, well, just, I know that, I know that I want to, I want to get to a hundred and I want to leave that room to negotiate. That's just one of my tactics. It's not always. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to rewind for the, for the listeners as, a, as someone, as a student to the game. So first I find a seller. They, I found their motivation. I hear they're motivated. They have a reason why they, they're needing to sell. I look up the property. I, I find the ARV, the after repair value. Um, I'll YouTube that for all my listeners, get more information on after repair value. Look in a certain mile radius of similar housing. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming seeing, seeing what has closed uh, in the past six months. Uh, after I get that ARV, uh, I go in, try to set up an appointment to look at the property, look at the roof and everything. Uh, and, and you have an advantage because you grew up, uh, with, uh, rehabbers and things like that. Uh, but for my, my listeners, you need to figure out how to assess property some kind of way. I don't we, know how, you know, we know, I mean, I, I, I did grow up a rehabber, so I do have a general base, base knowledge on it, but I wouldn't say it's got me that far. Like yeah. with that, with that knowledge, like, now listen, like when that was like, when we were growing up, 2008 hit, when 2008 hit, like we, we weren't, there was, there were no rehabs going on and I didn't get back into it until like 2012. Uh, so, and that, and it was in a different, completely different market. So, um, I mean, we use, we've found repair estimate worksheets, um, not worksheets, but repair estimate. Yeah. I guess you call them worksheets. Um, and I can, I could probably, I could, I could probably put that on my website or something, um, to, to get like a free download or something like that. But speaking of, speaking of, so I've got, so for this ebook on finding, finding off market properties, uh, go to findingoffmarketproperties.com, put your email address in, and I will notify you once I finish the. Uh, I'll put you on the list so you can so you can get the uh, copy. Awesome! I put that in the show notes for my listeners. Jim is giving out value for us, man. Thank you so much, Jim. We appreciate it. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So after you uh, find a seller. Uh, you had the, you got the contract signed. Uh, you go out, you you promote to your buyers list and all that. Now, how how does closing look like? You have double closings. 
And can you explain the double closing and so? Yeah, I mean, you can either you can either uh, sign your contract, which I mean, yeah, you can. So, so, so signing your contract is just just what it says. You have a contract. You're signing your paper contract to a to your buyer, and they're going to pay you the difference between the price that you have it at and the price that you have sold it to them at, or you have told them at, or their offer, and they would give you that that uh that in between so so for this scenario uh we we got it at a hundred thousand we got one two three million at a hundred thousand um we know that we we know that from the 140 minus the 30 in repairs there's a there's that leaves you at 110 so that's a ten thousand dollar spread so i've got it at 100 i know i can sell it at 110 and uh so you sell that you sell that property at 110 to your buyer you have them. You have them sign the assignment contract. You send them an assignment contract for, and, and we have one that we have a blind contract where it doesn't tell you how much we're making. Um, it just says hey, you're you're agreeing to see this contract. And usually, when you're having when you assign your contract, your sellers want your buyers want to see the contract with the sellers. So we do that. We just kind of black out our our uh, our information our our price, sometimes our, our closing time, if we've got a bunch of time on it, we, we black that out because we want them to close as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have probably said that online. No, but, that's uh, cool. Appreciate <laughs> that. I needed that information. My buyers are going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, we'll do that. And so yeah, so, so then they, 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 they sign your assignment. You go to closing. Um, I, I use I'm, I'm mainly using Providence Providence title right now um, and they they get the contract from the seller they get the assignment from your buyer you you well you send them the contract from your seller you send them the assignment from your buyer you give them your seller's information and and like just just like a, a tip on being professional with your title companies is when you're emailing your contracts, Go ahead and add your add the contact information. Hey, listen, this is this is seller for one two three. This this is seller. Uh, this is this is seller A. Or no, this is the seller at one two three Main. This is their email address. This is their phone number. This is how much we're buying the property for. This is your buyer. We're assigning our contract ten ten thousand dollars assignment to buyer. This is their phone number. This is their email address, and this is their contract. So, so like a have, cover sheet. Yeah, you just want you just want to make it as easy as possible for your t- for your title company, so they're not they're not grabbing for different information in different places, and and just and just 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 try to work with them best you can, but because they're there to help you and and to to help the transaction. Awesome, awesome, man, awesome. I hope you all are. Have your pen and paper because you all are getting some jewels right now. I'm not gonna hold Jam up too much longer, but I have some personal questions that I need to ask them myself as a up and coming investor as well. Um, so, so say the property's not vacant. Um, how do you say, does your buyers have to look at the property like to uh, see if they want to buy it? Like, uh, because I know if it's vacant, see, I got my little lock box right here, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I, my buyers can go in at any time. Right. But right, if, right. if someone's living in there, like if they want to look at it, do, do you set that up or how's that 